0: Welcome to the Alliance Bible Church Podcast. We exist to be a healthy community living and sharing the good news of Jesus with neighbors and nations. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. And my friend, Mr. Eric Morse, is going to read verses 1 through 12 for us this morning. Nehemiah
1: chapter 3. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. <clears throat> the high priest, Eliashib, and his fellow priests began rebuilding the sheep gate. They dedicated it and installed its doors after building the wall to the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hanal. They dedicated it. The men of Jericho built next to Eliashib and next to Zakur, son of Emri, built. The sons of Hasana built the fish gate. They built with beams and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, Merimuth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, made repairs. Beside them, Mushulam, son of Barakai, son of Meshizabel, made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, son of Banah, made repairs. Beside them, the Tekoites made repairs. But their nobles did not lift a finger to help their supervisors. Joada son of Pesah, and Meshulam, son of Besodiah, repaired the old gate. They built it with beams and installed its doors and bolts and bars. Next to them, the repairs were done by Malathiah and Gibeonite, Jedum, the Maranathite, and the men of Gibeon and Mizpah, who were under the authority of the governor of the region west of the Euphrates River. After him, Uziel, son of Hariah, the goldsmith, made repairs, and next to him, Hananiah, son of the perfumer, made repairs. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Raphiah, son of Hur, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. After them, Jediah, son of Haramoth, made repairs across from his house. Next to him, Hatush, son of Hashbaniah, made repairs. Maltjah, son of Hiram, and Hashub, son of Pahath Moab, made repairs to another section, as well as to the tower of the ovens. Baha- beside him, Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of half the district of R- Jerusalem, made repairs, he and his daughters. Thank you, Mr. Morse.
0: I had him read because Lord knows I didn't want to. It was Tuesday of this week when I learned that this week is the week of the Super Bowl. You see, I had heard that it was playoff season, and I I knew it was coming, but I didn't know that it was here until Tuesday. And it was Thursday by the time I was like, I should probably ask the Google which two teams are playing in the Super Bowl. So for the last three days, I have known which teams are playing in the big game today. Go sports. Move the thing to the other thing. I don't really follow sports much these days. I grew up watching a lot of baseball, football, basketball, um, but I just didn't really carry that into adulthood. I've, just, I've never paid for cable, so I don't care enough to go find things to watch. Um, but most years I'll end up watching the Super Bowl, not so much for the game, but for the friends and the food. And it used to be for the commercials, but now I can just watch those on YouTube at the same time without the interruptions of the football game. So if I'm watching the Super Bowl, it's mostly for the friends and the food that are there. Now, each of these teams has an active roster of 53 players. They also have coaches, team owners, operations, employees, college scouts, video departments, equipment departments, facility management, business teams, communications teams, community relations, finance, IT teams, doctors, and more. So regardless of who wins today, the chief thing to remember is that it takes a whole lot of people to make a professional football game happen. Each person has their job to do. They know they know what their role is. If you're following along in the blanks, the first blank there, hopefully you've guessed it. If you haven't, you need to spend more time in middle school gymnasiums. Teamwork makes the dream work. and I know that's true because I've seen it on a, on a poster, on butcher paper in a middle school gym. So it's gotta be true. So today, the quarterback can't win the football game by himself, right? Without the offensive line, the quarterback would probably have a really bad day. Really bad day, because defensive linemen are big and scary. Each person on the team must do their part to work toward the desired outcome. Hey there, my name is Wayne. I have a last name too, but I can't pronounce it. And I have the privilege of being the associate pastor here at Alliance Bible Church. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with us this morning as we gather together to to praise God, to pray, and to proclaim the truth of his scripture. Uh, Thanks, Dave, and the team for all your preparation and prayer that went into worship this morning. It was amazing. So maybe sports isn't your thing. But my guess is that there's something that you interact with, something that you like, something that that you do that it takes a team of folks to do. Kim mentioned NASCAR. It's a sport, but like, we look at the driver, but if that driver was by himself, tires are gone, running out of gas, nobody tell tell him when to turn and to turn and to turn, he would probably get lost. Or maybe, 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 maybe football, maybe NASCAR is still not your thing, but how many of you have watched a movie in the last 10 years? Like, ten years is a long time, so it should be maybe most of us. Like, have you ever sat through at the end and tried to read the names of those 8 million people that worked on that movie? Like, a lot of them. Like, it hurts your brain to try and read them, because they're like three across, and they're going, and it took a lot of people to make that film. Or maybe you are or were in a school band, all those instruments working together to make one, sometimes harmonious sound. I've been to some middle school band concerts, and it, but they're trying to work together right? And when they work together, it's beautiful. Or maybe my personal favorite of teams, the team at Wendy's, right? One person who takes my order, one person who makes my burger, one person who mans the fryer for my fries and my chicken nuggets, one person that pours my fruit punch high sea with no ice, because ice is a waste of space. It's already cold. That's just going to make it watery later, right? That, their, their teamwork makes my dream work. Today, as we look at Nehemiah in chapter 3, we'll see how each of the people building that wall did their part to accomplish the task that was before them. Let me pray as we dive into Scripture this morning. Holy Father, thank you for a chance to study your word. I pray today that you would open our hearts and our eyes to see and understand your truth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. For the last couple of weeks, we've been in our series, Rebuilding, looking at Nehemiah, A quick recap of where we've come so far. Nehemiah got news about Jerusalem. He talked to the king. The king sent him back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. He took some horses with him. He took letters to people with forests, and he had the favor of the king. Nehemiah got there. Some neighbors weren't really thrilled about Nehemiah's plans to rebuild Jerusalem. Nehemiah went out at night to inspect the walls and put a plan together. As we've seen thus far, God's favor has been with Nehemiah. In returning to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls, we see that Nehemiah's main concern was God's glory. Nehemiah's main concern was God's glory. We saw in chapters 1 and 2 that he fasted, he prayed, he mourned when he found out about his city. He was seeking what God would have. He wasn't seeking to build a name for himself. He was seeking to bring God glory and honor. He didn't leave his position as the cupbearer of the king to make that name for himself. The storyline is moving along nicely in chapters 1 and 2, right? You've, you've met Nehemiah and a king, and there's opposition. Like, it's all the things you want in a good story. But then you get to chapter 3, and I feel like the heading of chapter 3 should be, we interrupt this story to bring you a list of names, most of which you cannot even pronounce. If you're reading through Nehemiah on your own, this may be a chapter that you're tempted to skim, like I have last week when I didn't know I was preaching from Nehemiah 3, and I was just reading through Nehemiah Didn't spend a lot of time here. One commentary that I was reading said of this chapter, the third chapter of Nehemiah, is a detailed account of the way the gates and walls of the city of Jerusalem were rebuilt, focusing on the names of those who were involved in the construction. Can anything be more uninteresting than a list of names, particularly names most of us can hardly pronounce? So if if you think this chapter might not be that interesting, don't worry, there's a guy who wrote a book about the Bible who's really smarty pants, who thinks the same thing. But even with much of this chapter being names, I believe that there are truths that we can glean from these lists today. The words rebuilt or repaired are used over 40 times in this chapter. The folks we read about weren't building something new. They weren't starting from scratch. They were building what once was. Sure, it would look slightly different. It wouldn't be the exact same footprint as before. And there were changes to the wall, but it wasn't a new work. It was a rebuilding and a continuation of what God was doing. Uh, for me, it helps to like see what might have been happening, so we have a map. Um, that's a map. If you look at this one, I'm going to point with the green thing because we're going to. going to start at the sheep gate, which is that one. It's small. I'm sorry. And he's going to work around counterclockwise. So this shows us all the gates, all the walls. This right here is the broad wall. This is a word that I can't read from where I am. You probably can't either, but if you can, you can tell me later what it says. But this is just the city. Um, go home and Google it. It helped me a lot instead of just reading this list of, of gates. But Nehemiah starts on the northeast with the Sheep Gate, works his way around, down past the Tower of Ovens, which is like the Baker's District. Like, I want to live there. Like, I'd always be hungry because it would always smell like bread, but it would always smell like bread. Right? So this is, this is what we're working with. Nehemiah starts with the sheep gate, works his way around. His primary purpose in this chapter was to document for posterity and the official records the names and accomplishments of the people who worked on the wall. It is estimated that the circumference of the city at this time was about one and a half miles, enclosing perhaps 80 or 90 acres. In verses 1 through 3, we learn that Eliashib, the high priest, is out there with his fellow priests participating in the building of the wall. Now, this isn't a role that, that I would think a high priest would probably do. Manual labor wasn't a part of his regular roles and descriptions and his duties as a high priest. But the high priest and the other priests used their consecrated hands to do manual labor. And this shows that he considered the work on the wall to be a ministry to the Lord. He considered the work on the wall to be a ministry to the Lord. Your next blank, building the walls was a ministry to the Lord. The high priest was out there. The other priests were out there with him building. Anything that we do can be done for the Lord. 1 First, First Corinthians 10.31 says, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Sometimes in the church, we can slip into thinking that some tasks or some things that we do are important and can be used to glorify God and that others can't. We think that some work is just work. Another work is God's work. We see this with tasks inside the church when it comes to how much people value different roles, right? One person might teach an adult Sunday school class, and that's fantastic, and the other person might just teach the kids. One person reads the scripture. Very sorry about today's reading, Eric. You did wonderfully. Well, the other one just does announcements. But without someone teaching kids Sunday school or, or kids church, in a generation, we wouldn't need anybody to teach the adult Sunday school class. Without somebody giving announcements, we wouldn't know about these upcoming events that matter a lot for what our church is walking through. Our work is a ministry if we do it for the Lord. And that's true inside the church walls. I would say these four walls, but like we have like 1,300 different walls in this place. But it's also true outside the walls of the church. When I'm volunteering in a PE class for City View, I can do that for the glory of God. If you're volunteering at an elementary school and listening to first graders read, you can do that for the glory of God. Whether you're turning a wrench, crunching numbers, managing employees, delivering Amazon packages, you can do that for the glory of God. Sacredness of work depends not on its nature, but on its purpose and spirit. These priests sanctified a common wall. In the first 12 verses of this chapter, we see many different people and many families listed. We see people from um, Jericho and people from Decoah. These were cities that were 15 and 11 miles away from Jerusalem, but their people were willing to travel and work for part of what God was doing. We also see in these verses that all kinds of people were willing to do the work. That's one of your blanks. All kinds of people were willing to do the work. We see in the text that a goldsmith, a perfumer, a ruler, and a man with his daughters worked on the wall. It seems that a perfumer and a goldsmith, in my mind, might be odd choices for moving stones and rebuilding a wall. But each was called upon to do their part. A ruler, a perfumer, a goldsmith, and this guy with his daughters could have chosen to rest and to not be a part of the work, right? The goldsmith could have just hung out, waited till the walls were good, and then start smithing his gold. A great many people have got a false idea about the church, said evangelist D.L. Moody. They have got an idea that the church is the place to rest in, to get into a nicely cushioned pew or chair and contribute to the charities, listen to the minister, and do their share to keep the church out of bankruptcy is all they want. The idea of work for them, actual work in the church, never enters their mind. But these people were out, moving stones, priests, perfumers, and a man with his daughters. Of the five five gates in the text, it tells us that they installed the doors, the bolts, and the bars. These new gates may have looked slightly different than the previous gates of Jerusalem, but their essentials were the same. Similarly, some of the ways that, that we engage as a community of Christ followers, as the church, with our community, may look different than a previous generation, but the essentials will remain. We will communicate the message differently, but the message is the same. My guess is the first walls of Jerusalem had doors that had beams and bars, just like these ones did. In the Christian Missionary Alliance, some of our essentials are that Christ is our king, Sorry, our Savior, our sanctifier, our healer, and our coming king. The way we communicate that with our with our neighborhood around us will change, but what we believe and what we stand for won't. Back in Nehemiah in chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, say next to them, Raphael, son of Hur, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. After them, Jediah, son of Harumath, made repairs across from his house. Next to him, Hattish, the son of that one's just, I'm not even gonna try. Made repairs. Later in the chapter it talks about more men who made repairs across from their house. Your next blanks there that everybody did their part. Everybody did their part. All that each builder does is contribute so many feet of the great girdle of masonry. But it is the multiplication of these small piles which completes their circumference. And we kind of see here that Nehemiah didn't arbitrarily assign folks to a part of the wall. But many were able to work near their own homes. So this would cut down on the commute time. So that's a plus. Like they just, you know, get up, walk across the street, build a wall. But it would also ensure that these folks were doing good work. If I lived in a city with a big wall, do you guys know which section I would be most concerned about in this big wall? Park closest to my house, right? Right. Like, hopefully the rest of it stands, but my main concern as a selfish, sinful human being is the part right outside my front gate, the part nearest my home. I would want that to be as good as it can be. When I was in the Navy, um, I got to a boat just in time, and we can show a picture of my boat. I mean, it's not my boat, like, it's it's our boat, because we all paid for it. Thank you. Um... But this is USS Tarawa, LHA-1. This picture is actually like two years before I was on it. We went to dry dock, it, it looked a lot better when I was on it. Um, but when I got to this boat, we did this thing where we repainted the entire boat. And then right before I left the boat, we also did this thing where we repainted the entire boat. It's like each, each division, like I was a radar technician, so like up here, that was my jam. Like I'd been up there. Um, but as a radar technician, we sent one guy to this painting crew and, like, other people in our department said one guy. And um, I was new the first time we did it, and I was about to leave the second time we did it, so I got to be on that team two times. Because, like, the guys that have been there for a while don't have to go on this team, the guys who are going to be. But I got lucky enough to do it twice. So so this is our area. Do you guys know what area of the boat we were responsible for painting? Right there. There's, 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 there's like, there's like a catwalk. Oh, Whoa, whoa, I have power to do things. Sorry. I just wanted it for the laser pointer. But right down here, this was our wall. There's a, there's a little catwalk down there that you probably can't tell. Um, now, we we did the best we could. In, in the Navy, they have a saying when it comes to painting. And that saying is once for dust and twice for rust. So if it's dirty, you put one coat on. If it's rusting, you put two coats on. And that's, that's how you keep the ship looking like this. But... Um, Man, we, we did our best, but I wasn't that concerned with how this, this aft pork catwalk looked like, because like, I spent all my time up here, and like here, because this is where we ate, but mostly up here. I wasn't as concerned as I would have been, because it wasn't my space. It wasn't my thing. It wasn't my area. These people got to build the walls across from their houses. They were able to serve where their heart was. Now, sometimes in a church, we need folks to serve outside of their comfort zone, right? Sometimes we need a body. Sometimes we need somebody to come in and take out trash or wipe down tables or clean up after a potluck. But it's such a good thing when we can have folks serving in the ways that they are gifted and called where their heart is. In Ephesians 4, Paul writes... And he himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. And as we talked about earlier, ministry has more to do with the heart behind doing something than what we're doing. So the job of the prophets, the job of the pastors and the teachers is to equip the saints to glorify God in all that they do, working both inside and outside of the church walls. Matthew Henry says in his commentary of Nehemiah 3, When a general good work is to be done, each should apply himself to that part of it that falls nearest to him and is within his reach. If everyone will sweep before his own door, the street will be clean. If everyone will mend one, we shall all be mended. I like that Matt Henry guy. He seemed to be pretty smart. If we each do our part, the whole will be done. Verse 16 of chapter 3 says, After him, Nehemiah, not the Nehemiah that the book is named after, but another Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk, ruler of half the district of Beth-Zur, made repairs up to a point opposite the tombs of David as far as the artificial pool and the house of warriors. Everybody say house of warriors. Sounds like a cool place. Like, I'd I'd pay three nickels to go see that place. Um, As they were rebuilding the city, they were able to look back and remember the history of the city and the great things that God had done in the past. This house of warriors, some believe, was the house of David's mighty men. They did a lot of things. One of them killed, like, two major Philistines. One of them chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day. Um, Benaiah came out. The lion did not. So these were warriors of David. You can read more about them in 2 Samuel 23 if you want to see some of the other great things that they did. But I'd have to imagine that remembering these stories of what God had done for his people were encouraging to those who were rebuilding the city. They could look back and see what God had done. As as we move through this transition process, we can look back and see in the 40 years of Alliance Bible Church the great things that God has done. If you want to look farther, we can look to the last long time of the Christian Missionary Alliance both in this nation and around the world of what God has done, And we can look to Scripture and see what God has done. It was, we face things that probably look hard and daunting. These people were able to build next to this house of heroes, this place where David's mighty men had stayed, where people in their nation, in their history, had done great things relying on God's strength. Verse 20 says, After him, Baruch, son of Zabai, diligently repaired another section from the angle to the door of the house of the high priest Eliashib. Another translation says that he zealously repaired the section. Baruch worked with everything that he had. He gave it his all. I'm sure everybody's working hard, but this guy was working a little bit harder. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul tells us, let us not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Everybody say don't give up. Like say that to yourself a few times this week if you need to. Or like send me a text and tell me that because that would be helpful to me. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially those who belong to the household of Christ. Baruch worked diligently. He worked hard at what he was doing for the Lord. We don't know the time that, that, that we will reap a harvest. We just know that God has called us to follow after him. This thought, words, sorry. At this time, I'd like to invite the band back up. They're pretty good with all those names, and I can't say something I say every time I preach. At this time, we'll invite the band back up. Nehemiah had a big job ahead of him, and it took the whole team to do the work that was before them. The entire community was mobilized and was led to work harmoniously and simultaneously on all parts of the city wall. Your last blank there, the entire community was mobilized for the work. The job before them was big and likely a bit daunting, overwhelming, but with everyone working, it was able to be accomplished. A commentary that I read this week said this. Unfortunately, many churches have it completely turned around. It is said that today the churches resemble more than anything else a football game played in a large stadium, there are 80,000 spectators in the stands who badly need some exercise, and there are 22 men on the field who could badly use a rest. The success of rebuilding Jerusalem was never guaranteed, but each person was willing to work unto the Lord and to do the job that was set before them. Let me leave you with this brief poem today. Be up and doing with a heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing, still pursuing, Learn to labor and to wait. Thank you for checking out the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information, you can visit alliancebible.church.